Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and with me today in studio is Father Michael Denk, currently the Associate Pastor at St. Joseph Parish in Amherst. Welcome, Father. Thanks, Tim, for having me. It's great to have you again today. We're going to continue our discussion from the UCAT, the Youth Catechism of the Catholic Church, and we're going to talk uh, about what role does sacred scripture play in the church. So as we mentioned yesterday, ultimately revelation comes to us through Christ, through our scripture and tradition. So we're going to talk a little bit about scripture. Besides the presence of Christ in the Holy Eucharist, which is the, the source and summit of our faith, there is nothing that the church honors more reverently than Christ's presence in sacred scripture. So the, the Bible, scripture, is something that should be reverenced as much as the Eucharist. You know, so even if you think about your Bible at home, um, that should should be placed in a place of reverence because ultimately it is the presence of Christ. He comes to us in the Word, and that Word is made flesh when when we when we read it, and when we take it in, and when we pray with it. So at Mass, also, you know, Eucharist is never done. The sacraments are never done without the Word of God. So every sacrament. Every blessing ultimately should have the Word of God in there because God God reveals Himself to us through Word and Sacrament. You know, so if you think about it at Mass too, there's a posture that we have when receiving the Word, when listening to the Word. And the posture for the first reading in the Psalms and the second reading is that of sitting. And the idea is that we sit to receive, just to take it in, you know, to enjoy it. But you'll notice that the posture changes in the Gospel. You know, so the gospel, the four gospels we hold up as being the penultimate, you know, of scripture. So at the gospels, we actually stand in, in, in reverence and awe to hear the word of God. And what I love about, um, after the priest or deacon reads the gospel, he, before he goes in the homily, he actually bends down and kisses the gospel, the word of God. And I just think that that shows the wonderful reverence that we have uh, for scriptures, so you know that could be something that you do as well. I was taught by my mother growing up that if if my Bible were to ever touch the ground, or if I were to ever knock it over or drop it, the first thing I should do is pick it up and kiss it, or to reverence it with a kiss. You know, so the idea is the Bible should never just be placed on the floor; um, it should always be put in a place of dignity, uh, because it is it's the Word of God, and it's it's Christ present to us. Uh, through scripture. So to read sacred scripture means to turn to Christ for advice. You know, when we, when, when people say, I don't, I don't, I, I talk to God, but I don't hear him, or I pray, but I, I don't hear anything. Well, when we pray, we should always be praying with scripture because ultimately that is God's way of speaking to us. He speaks to us through the word. And the more that we're familiar with it, the more that we read it and dwell it and pray with it, the more we're going to know God through it. So that's what St. Francis said. To read scripture means to turn to Christ for advice. So when you need advice, when you need um, to know which way to go or what to do, go to scripture. Good point. So 
So when God speaks to us, Father, how can we respond to God when he speaks to us? So ultimately, the response is believing. That, that's the response that God is looking for. He, he, he reveals himself to us so that we will turn to him in faith. And ultimately, um, do whatever message we're receiving. You know, so when, when we go to, to Scripture, when we're looking to God, when we're really praying for direction in our lives, the, the, the response that God desires is that, that, we, that we believe and that we follow through with, with what we, we believe in the depth of our heart is God revealing himself to us. So we hear that in Luke. When Mary um, was approached by God, when God revealed his word to Mary and was going to take on flesh in Mary, she said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your will. So when we read scripture and we begin to know what God is calling to us, calling of us or asking of us, we respond by saying, let it be done to me according to your will. So Father, whatever you want to say to me, let me receive it and do what you desire. Okay, so that leads to the next question. What is faith? Yeah, so the UCAT has seven points that it make on, makes on faith. And faith ultimately is knowledge and trust. So it's knowing like we, we, you know, we're, we're hearing, we're reading scripture, we're knowing what God is saying to us, but then it's also trusting it. You know, so faith is this knowledge and this trusting in this knowledge. So the, the first point it makes is faith is a sheer gift from God, which we receive when we fervently ask for it. So that's the first point about faith. Um, we can't make it, we can't make it happen, and we can't take it. All we can do is ask. Ask God for this gift, and when he gives it to us, receive it. The second is that faith is a supernatural power, and it's absolutely necessary if we are to attain salvation. So it's supernatural. It's beyond nature. So we talked before about you know reason and science taking us so far, but ultimately faith is, is even beyond that. And ultimately it takes a, a, a trust in, in, this, in this supernatural it requires the free will and clear understanding of a person when he accepts the divine inspiration. So part of faith is that we have this free will, that we can choose whether or not to follow through with, with the life that God is, is revealing to us or that we can, we can turn away from him. The next point is that it's absolutely certain because Jesus guarantees it. So we can have a certainty and trust when God reveals himself to us that, that we can trust him. You know, even if we don't fully understand it, we can trust him. And ultimately, faith um, is not complete unless it leads to an act of love. You know, and this has often been debated. Um, and we hear in the book of St. James that faith without works is dead. So unless this faith leads you to that service, to that agopic love, that pouring out to, uh, to others, uh, it's not true faith. Faith is something that grows. You know, so it starts as a small mustard seed and begins to grow more and more as we, we pray with it and we hear God's word and we, we're joined in the Eucharist. And ultimately, faith gives us, even now on earth, a taste of heaven. So that right now, through our faith, that this knowledge and trust, we can experience heaven on earth. And that's a pretty wonderful thing. And, and that's really our purpose in life is to get to heaven it is yeah so if we if we focus on that and we realize that god is such a loving god that heaven's going to be more fantastic than anything we can anything imagine. we could imagine yeah and the, the whole notion is we don't get the full picture here on earth you know we don't get to see god face to face 
face here on earth. And so faith sometimes can be um, ambiguous. Sometimes we don't know exactly what God is asking of us. And one of the quotes I love by Karl Rahner, who's a, a, a wonderful the- theologian, a German theologian that Pope Benedict greatly was inspired by, faith means putting up with God's incomprehensibility for a lifetime. You know, so faith is ultimately we're not going to get the fullness here on earth, but we will in heaven. That's a great point that you make, Father, in that we don't have, we, we can't fully understand it. And I know there's some, some of us that because we can't fully understand it, they just quit yeah, trying to Yeah, they completely throw it out. And that's where that, you know, the beginning definition, faith is knowledge and trust. So we have the knowledge, we, we come to know it, and then there, then there comes the trust, you know, where we, and again, this is only through Christ, through the experience of, of our faith with Jesus, that we get to know him and love him and actually trust him enough to walk in his ways. Awesome. Uh, question 22 of the UCAT asks, how does one go about believing? So that's you know exactly what we're talking about there, the difference between one who takes this and believes in this ultimate mystery and one who, who, who cannot, you know, who just can't accept it because they can't fully wrap their, their minds around it. So the UCAT says someone who believes is seeking a personal union with God. So that's what it ultimately means. It's not just about knowledge, knowing God, but seeking a union, a personal union with God, and is ready to believe God in everything that he shows and reveals about himself. So the more we come to know and actually experience the love of the Father through Jesus in the Holy Spirit, the more that trust is going to be there. You know, it's just, it's just like you don't, you don't trust every, everyone right off the bat. As you get to know them more, you realize that they are trustworthy. And the same is true with God. As we get to know him more, we realize that he is trustworthy. Okay. Uh, question 23 asks, is there a contradiction between faith and science? Yeah, so there isn't. You know, faith and science, uh, we, we believe as, as, as a church, are two wings of the same bird. That faith and science ultimately should lift us to the revelation of God. So there is no contradiction. There can't be. If they're both seeking truth, you know, if science is seeking the ultimate truth, and sometimes it's not, it's not seeking the ultimate truth, and if faith is seeking the ultimate truth, they're going to lead us to the same place. And actually, uh, if we use both together, it's going to lead us to God. So God intended us to have reason. You know, so that's what science is, using our reason and recognizing God in the rational world. And he also intends for us to use faith. And faith is that we... Um, can come to know things that aren't apparent, that are beyond reason, above and beyond, and yet in the same way, God reveals himself to us. So through faith and science, working together, we can come to know, to trust, and ultimately to believe in God. Okay. Uh, Number 24 of the UCAT asks, what does my faith have to do with the church? So people think, you know, uh, I don't need the church. Um... I, I got my own thing going with God. You know, I talk to God, I pray to God on my own, I don't need the church. Well, no one can believe alone by himself, just as no one can live alone by himself. You can't, we, we're built, created for each other. We receive, you know, we don't get to this faith on our own. The faith has been given to us and handed on to us through this tradition, through this church. And it's also in the fellowship of, of church, it's experiencing the revelation of God in each other and in, in the mysteries that we celebrate that we come to know God and that we come to, to the true faith 
So if we do this on our own, we're not go- our faith is going to be extremely twisted and distorted because it's only in this context of celebration of word and sacrament that we come to truly know God. And faith is, is a very personal thing, but it's not a private manner. It's something that is supposed to be shared and developed in this communion, um, which is inspired by the Holy Spirit and, and, and promised. You know, Jesus promised that he would send his Holy Spirit upon the church. And so we can't do it on our own. We need, we need the church to help us in our faith. And Jesus reminds us in Scripture in the uh, Gospel of Matthew uh, 18, 20, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Yeah. So, so it's more than one person. Right, it has it's to more be than at least one person. Two. It's two or three that are gathered together. And, and ultimately it is when we gather around the Eucharist, when we hear him in word and sacrament. And, and the truth is you can't do it on your own. You can't conjure up God on your own or create his real presence right before you. It's done in, in the church in the context of believers. Awesome. Just a reminder to listeners that we have hundreds of past Faith with Father shows archived, and we are now podcasting all of the new shows. So you sub- subscribe right on the website, livingbreadradio.com. Go to the programming tab and click on Faith with Father. Father, if you could uh, give your blessing uh, on our listeners, please. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless all who listen today, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to Father Michael Dunk on Living Bread Radio. This has been Tim Perry reminding you that God loves you more than you can even imagine. Bye for now. This has been Faith with Father, a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.